The available AKG 36 speaker sound system in the Cadillac Escalade provides 360 degree sound, so you hear studio sound on the road. The 2021 Cadillac Escalade, never stop arriving. The available AKG 36 speaker sound system in the Cadillac Escalade provides 360 degree sound, not just here or here, but everywhere. The 2021 Cadillac Escalade, never stop arriving. for listening to Uncle Sam's Soccer Podcast, keeping you up to date with the latest in American soccer. And don't forget to subscribe. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Uncle Sam's Soccer Podcast. My name is Jake Watroba. Joining me as always is producer Steven Jodoran and FC Dallas beat reporter for Pro Soccer USA, Armand Kafai, and our very special guest, Joseph Lowry of The Athletic. On this episode, we discuss CONCACAF Champions League and how competitions like the CCL and the Gold Cup affect MLS. Make sure you subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts and make sure you leave us a five-star review. Now, let's get to today's episode. Guys, hi, how are you guys doing? Joseph, welcome back. Oh, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Hey, we're so happy to have you on. Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy uh, day to just talk, talk soccer, talk MLS, talk Talk Champions League. Armand, what's going on in Dallas? What are you doing? Uh, dude, <laughs> Dallas Dallas is really wild on this Friday night, man. I don't know about you, but... Uh, it's lit. It's lit it's, out here. It's, it's, it's really lit. Um, I, I've done a lot today. I've talked to Steven for like over two hours, I think. Yeah. Steven! Steven, 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 Steven. Yes. What are you... What are you? Why are you recording an episode of Uncle Sam's Soccer Podcast on a Friday night? That's a great question. I don't know why. I don't know. <laughs> you guys are, what are you guys doing? What do you guys anyway? Let's let's talk football. Should we talk? Let's football? talk. You know what? You know what's really lit though? Did you guys see the Champions League or no? Maybe it was the Europa League entrance for yes, yeah, it? Yeah, Zenit. Did you see? Yeah, did you guys yeah, see the buses? Yeah, yeah. and the flares. Yeah, in, getting... Iranian in, in Iranian forward scored two goals. So you know, and he was linked with the Vancouver Whitecaps for the longest time. Uh, weird, weird. We can we can you know make a full circle ending of. MLS and Russian League, you know, that's, that's pretty crazy, guys. Or the Indian Super League and how great that is on ESPN+. Plus. Hey, FC, <laughs> FC Poon City, man. Pune, at Pune. Anyway, uh, fellas, CONCACAF Champions League. Boy, was it a kind of a disappointment, huh? To sum it up. Uh, disappointment? I don't know, man. I got CCL fever. I mean, I was sweating. Like I've had the flu, and this CCL fever was pretty bad uh, compared to that flu. But but in reality, I was really disappointed on Thursday with Atlanta United. Um, I think me and Joseph were texting back and forth. Steven was trying to you know be like, "Hey, bro, it's okay. It's only one game. You know, yeah, yeah, it's all good." But Atlanta United looked absolutely awful. But hey, I mean, SKC beat a, a Liga MX team, right? That right. sucks, and they're about to fire their manager, right? 
Right. Like positives? All right, let's let's run through the games. Let's begin with Toronto FC. They took on CAI. They lost Trash. 4-0 on the road. Guys, what's going on with Toronto? I mean, I'm going to jump in here. That game was unbelievable. I mean, the back line was out of sync. Saman was going off and kind of doing whatever he wanted. I mean, I liked the attempted sort of wrinkle from Vanny to put Aro into midfield in possession. But, I mean, they just look so devoid of ideas and, like, almost just scared to not let Michael Bradley have the ball. And then there was no attacking – there was no attacking impetus whatsoever. I mean, when your two wingers are Griffin Dorsey and Justin Morrow, I mean – Ah, it's yeah. That was not that was not a good game. Toronto FC's trash. They also lost Vegas Knights five one. But preseason, <laughs> really on that result, that result oh, really ticked you off. It's preseason. <laughs> oh, I swear to God, guys. Uh, no, nah, they suck. Why do they suck? Elaborate on that. Why do they suck? Come on. Oh, why do they suck? All right. Well, look, their their back line is in shambles. Last year, they had to play Michael Bradley at center back for most of the year. And what's their replacement? Laurent Simon, who looks absolutely awful. I honestly wouldn't be surprised if Michael Bradley went back into as a center back because they're they just look all out of sorts in the back. They tried playing Aro Jr. as a invert like an inverted center mid, kind of like what Nick Lima was doing. And I don't think Aro Jr. has the technical ability to play more centrally compared to his pace on the wings and no being able to whip in balls. That yeah, and like what Joe's saying, Griffin Dorsey, like no offense to Griffin Dorsey, that's his first professional game. Isn't the CONCACAF Champions League. Like, how are you going to let that happen? And then no Altidore. Boyd, look, Boyd, he's saying, oh, I'm going to beat everyone up in MLS. I'm going to knock the hell out of them, blah, 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 blah. Sky's a penalty. Like, yikes. Like, this team didn't hasn't found a replacement for Sebastian Javinko, who's been responsible for, like, 90% of their goals. I, I can't confirm that. 90% of their goals in, like, all their – in MLS and CCL. He's the guy who basically led them to the final. So, I mean, look – and you haven't replaced them, they're not going to be good. People need to be reminded that Toronto fell off the map last season. I know they made it to the CONCACAF Champions League final, but apart from their CONCACAF run, they were god-awful. Greg Vanny, the 5-1 defeat to Las Vegas put a sour taste in everyone's mouth. Then they go out. You don't even have to play well. Just get a, a result that you take back to BMO Field and try to move on. And if they could have moved on, they, they could have, you know, maybe picked up some steam early on in MLS season. But this defeat is demoralizing. And I don't think Gre- Greg Vanny has to do something to shake the locker room up. Because if not, he's on the hot seat. He'll, he won't make it halfway through the season if this is the Toronto FC that we're going to see moving forward. I mean, yeah, Steven, you're right. I mean, there's no way Vanny will make it through the season if this is the Toronto FC that we that we actually see this season. But I'm not convinced that once they figure out whatever whatever they're planning to do in the transfer market and then actually get healthy, I mean, the roster is still is still good. I mean, that midfield, that Delgado Bradley Osorio midfield is, in my opinion, at least pretty quality. And then an Altador and who's that guy they're looking at in Belgium? I I don't know who they're. I I don't know how to say his name. But the guy from Genk, yeah. Yeah, the guy from Genk. I mean, there's talent there. And the defense definitely is a concern. Uh, but I'm not ready to push the panic button only because I don't know what the roster is going to look like. But if there aren't changes, I mean, yeah, panic. Aggressively panic. Can I ask you, Joseph, can I ask you and Armand? I'm going to ask you guys this question here. 
Last year, we said that the reason why Toronto FC fell off was because they made that deep uh, run in the Champions And health. And And health. Because they were failing to lack the health they needed. You know how much crap I heard the entire season? Ah, they're they're unhealthy. Toronto FC, they just need to get healthy. I'm sorry, dude. They just need to get healthy. And they're going to be successful. They never came. Their health, it came and they... We're still awful. Like, I, I hate that excuse. Oh, wait for them to be healthy. I'm not trying to crap on your, your take, Joseph. Like, I think it might be even – it's probably more valid than the one I'm saying. But last season, every MLS writer, oh, just wait for them to be healthy. It never it never worked out for them when they were healthy. Yeah, so what was your question, Jake? I think we. I was going to say if, if an early elimination in the CONCACAF Champions League would bode well to them in the MLS season. I guess uh, we'll get both your answers very quickly, and then we'll move on to the uh, the, the next game. Um, look, it's not, maybe it could allow them to focus just on one competition. Um, but it's not good because I mean, the Canadian championship is still weak and they're going to, they're still going to contend for it and win it year in and year out. So I think they might get early eliminated, especially because they won't finish his signing in time, but they will get eliminated. Wait, 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 the early, I mean, are we really thinking they're going to overturn no, 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 the no, four no, no, goals? No, 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 no. I forgot. I forgot it was four. I thought it was like two for a quick second. Um, but no, no, they're not. They're not going to overturn it. Um, I think it'll be good for them. I think actually, to, yeah, just to focus on those things. But they need to add that DP, in my opinion. If not, they're kind of screwed. Yeah, it, it pains me to say, but I agree with everything Armand just said. Uh, I think. I think we will see Toronto eliminated from CCL and have them just focus on MLS. They're not that deep. Uh, so I think just focusing on one competition, really, I mean, if you exclude the Canadian Championship, it will be a good thing for them. Well, great. Great. Let's move on to the uh, second game of the uh, night here. That was, God, I don't even know how to even pronounce this Guatemalan team. Is it Guastatoya? Guastatoya. Guastatoya. Thank you, Armand, versus uh, Houston Dynamo. Uh, Dynamo get the win on a... Late goal by Demarcus Beasley. Armand, we'll start with you. What were your uh, biggest takeaways from that uh, matchup? Uh, boring game. Uh, Houston did enough to get get the three points. I Man, I watched all of it. Demar, uh, they had created opportunities. Guastoya wasn't that threatening. Um, it looks like they were really stable I, um, in that match. And you know, Demarcus Beasley, this moment of magic right there. I mean, there's nothing really much to say. It's kind of just a meh game. Elise was terrible. Which I, it pains me to say it, but if you Albert Elise was what, what linked with like Fenerbahce at, uh, at one point at one point this um, transfer window, so he wasn't looking that good. He actually got subbed off early, and I think it was a I think it was a solid it's a solid result for a Dynamo um, who are going to get stomped by Tigres if, even if they advance. So, well, wait, this uh, we have to do a hot take police here because Armand thought Houston would just suck in the Concacaf Champions League. Dude, they're playing Guastatoya, man. You Jacob, thought? Have you heard of Guastatoya? No, who has? Okay. Who has honestly okay. thought? Okay. Yeah, they have, and they're what? They're they're a, a Guatemalan team. You expect an MLS team to beat a Guatemalan team? No, you're right. You're no, you're right. So they they and they should they should get. But Armand, I expect dumped. an MLS. I expect an actually MLS team to, team beat, to a, beat a Costa Rican team. No, too. to beat an El Salvadorian team, and that they got stomped by. Uh, uh, the, the Toronto C got stopped. So, <laughs> I mean, Panamanian, Panamanian, they're Panamanian. 
Panamanian, sorry, whatever country. And I mean, let's let's be real here. The, the the biggest teams play in Mexico, the U.S., and then you have Saprissa in Costa Rica. I mean, come on. That Saprissa game was great against Tigres. I kind of you know nodded off and watched that instead of Toronto. I think we all. I think we all. So did. I think we all did. Are, are we all in agreement here that uh, Houston Dynamo? This is probably the one matchup they're going to win, and then they'll probably get knocked out by either Saprissa or Tigres. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, I disagree. I think this they're going to be the plucky team that they win this round, they pull the upset, and then they crash out. Oh, so Steven wants to go one step further. All right, cool. It's tournament football. Houston's set up to play tournament football. Does it not remind you a little bit of how, I don't know, last year winners did it? Chivas? Chivas, where they literally sat back and they was not quality football, but they got the results they needed. Who cares if you it's, look pretty? It's just about getting the results. I know this team is who who, who the Dynamo are playing is uh, is nobody. They're a bunch of Nova Guastatoya. I get it, but this builds momentum. And then when they're such the underdog against whoever they play, probably Tigres or I think it's going to be Tigres. I think Tigres will 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 find a way to to get through. I just personally think Houston has that character where they can just suck it up and, and pull a couple results out of nowhere. I mean, I, I think you could be right, Stephen, actually. But I, I sort of have my own issues with the Dynamo. I, guys, are they actually good at anything? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the point. That's the thing is they're not great at anything. They're okay at everything. That makes them... No, no, no. no. Joseph said good. He didn't say great. No, I I said I said they're not great at anything. They're I said they're okay at things, but that's what makes them dangerous in these types of competitions when it's knockout. Did they not win the U.S. Open Cup? Spooky. That's actually fair. I just I really struggled watching watching that Houston Dynamo game the other night because I I don't know. At times it's just painful to watch. It's like I I don't really know what the plan is when you see them play, and so that I sort of have a hard time justifying. The fact that they actually could be competitive in this tournament, but Steven, you're not wrong. I mean, that they do fit sort of that type of team, that traditional underdog. They don't necessarily want to play with the ball for long periods of time, um, so they they tend to attack fast uh, and in transition, and that can be dangerous, especially in these knockout tournaments. So, yeah, I mean, I'm actually sort of on board. I think I may have just talked myself into being on board with your take, although yeah. I still don't think they're gonna. I still don't think they're gonna make it out of the next round. But I like where your mind's at. I mean, here. look, they won the U.S. Open stopped. Cup the U- last season. The year before, they they made it uh, to the Western Conference Finals, right? Yeah. So they know what it takes to win a on the road, but also play tournament football. the The, the character of the team to me, does not suggest they're going to win it. doesn't suggest that they may even go far. But I do think they could be that plucky team that nobody really knows about just because they hunker down, they're okay with conceding possession, and they got the speed to break. They get a couple of bounces, boom, bomb, bing, and they're up on the aggregate. Next thing you know, it's impossible to score against them. Well, that's great, Steven. Let's segue here. Let's talk about a team that's not really all that great at tournament football. Let's talk about New York Rebels. They win on Wednesday night. 2-0 against what? Did you, just, did you just say they're not that great at tournament football? Yeah, that's exactly what I said. Show me show me the trophy case. Oh. oh. 
Oh, oh, oh. Ouch, that hurt me. I'm not a Red Bulls fan. <laughs> they win. <laughs> they win 2-0 uh, away at Atletico Pantoja. Did I say that right? Pantoja? Sounded good. Sounded right. Uh, let's start with Joseph. Uh, is this going to be another repeat of last year for Red Bull? They're going to come close and then nothing happens. So just, let's start just with more, Just more disappointment, more darkness, just more... just. Tottenham Hotspur-esque. More the same (laughs) for New York Red Bulls in uh, in regards to anything that involves any kind of meaningful trophy. I mean, I'm a little bit afraid to say it, but it kind of feels like that, right? I mean, it feels like the Red Bulls are in in perfect position to be a really good MLS team this season, like upper echelon, really one of the top teams in the East. Uh, But until until I actually see them play consistently and and see that maybe there's something different this season maybe our has instituted something that has the potential to actually get them over that hump until i actually see whether or not that's the case i see no reason to believe why they wouldn't be the same red bulls team the same very good but you know not quite great red bulls team we've seen i'm saving my red bulls take until later that's a fraud take I literally have a specific reason why, and you know why. You're <laughs> looking at t- it why. Come back tomorrow's episodes and find more. Find out more why Armand's take about Red Bulls is blank because none of us know what it is. Well, I thought they played really well in the CCL game. You know, two zero result. They're gonna make it to like the semifinal, I think. There you go. It's my take right there. But my real Red Bull takes hidden. So. All right. Well, let's talk about Sporting KC's emphatic 3-0 win against Toluca. You're loving Vermees recently. I think Peter Vermees is a great coach. I think he has the locker room built together. I mean, this team came out like they were not in mid-season form, but looked like they've played multiple games under their have had multiple games under their belt. They played together. They they've got talent. I mean, did you see some of the goals? They scored it. it. It's like, yeah, we're sporting KC. We do what we do. Bang, bang, bang. They could almost relax a little bit on the return leg in Mexico. Okay, so here's the, I'll, I'll I'll give you my uh, my take on this. Toluca has been really poor in Liga Mexico. I think they're sitting at 15th. I want to say Cresito is kind of you know on the hot seat right now. The manager for Toluca, uh, I, their run of form is really bad. I mean, basically, his report says hot seat or is really hot right now. Toluca's going to end up losing this game, and he's going to get fired. That's how hot his seat is. He, they're, they're, they're in big trouble. They're in big trouble, I'll tell you that. So SKC's win, really cool, but Toluca's been pretty bad. And if SKC figures out a way to bottle this, um, you can take your Vermees take back because that's, that's, that, it'd be, that'd be disastrous if they blew this. I mean, I, I, I agree with what Armand's saying. I mean... Yeah, Toluca is not necessarily a great Liga Mekis team. Uh, but they're terrible right now. Okay. Right now, at least they're terrible. Come yeah. On, okay. So they're they're a bad Liga MX team. Um, but it's still it kind of puts the rest of the games in context. The rest of the MLS CCL games in context, where SKC's three 0 victory is is the biggest storyline because the other teams just tanked. I mean, with the exception of the Red Bulls and the Dynamo game was just really. Not great in any sense. I mean, they got the away goal, I guess. But yeah, SKC's game kind of is the storyline from these. And 
I think that probably says more about the rest of the games than it does about them. But at the same time, I also feel a little bit bad about saying that because I think they did have a really, a really good performance. So I'm, yeah, I'm kind of actually split down the middle. I, I think I changed my opinion about four times while I was talking there. But uh, Pete, I, do you, I think this is the the sole reason why Sporting KC is in the position they are now is because of, per, of Peter Vermees. I think he has he commands the locker room. He has expectations. We've spoken on the show with Matt Beasler. He talks about the expectations that Peter Vermees has and wants and implements on its players. So this is a great benefit when you're playing tournament football. Bobby Warshaw, God, I hope it's Bobby Warshaw, wrote about it for MLSsoccer.com talking about the the idea of tournament football is not to look pretty. In fact, this is not the stage for you to implement something new tactically. You go out there, be yourselves, and you trust what you fundamentally are as a team to get to the next round. So, so, so you're a believer in SKC is what you're trying to say? I am a big believer. Big, big, big believer. But you got to come back tomorrow to find out who I think will get further in the CONCACAF Champions League. Wow, what a tease. What a <laughs> back-to-back that tease. Is, that is an A-plus tease right there, Steven. Wow. Wow. Well, speaking of a team that – well, speaking of teases and a team that we all thought uh, uh, would do very well in the uh, CONCACAF Champions League and then end up falling on their faces, let's talk about Atlanta United. They lose 3-1 in Costa Rica against – Herodiano, is that how you say it? Herodiano? Herodiano and their uh, manager who looked like Fat Magic Johnson. <laughs> Guys, I want to... I want to... Just wait wait for the next... Wait for the second leg and look. You'll see he looks like Fat Magic Johnson. Anyway, guys, let's... I want to talk about what happened with Atlanta here. Did Frank... Is this a... Well, it's preseason basically for MLS teams... Atlanta didn't have their legs underneath them. Or is this Frank DeBoer got the tactics all wrong? Yeah, so I only saw the second half of this game. Uh, and I I can't rewatch it. So I, I can't say in specific detail what the huge, huge issues were. But it, it really seemed like, and Armand and I were actually going back and forth on this. Like they were somehow outnumbered in attack and in defense at, the, at all times. I mean, it's absurd. The players didn't looked like they knew what to do when they had the ball. It just kind of ended up in the front three sort of dribbling forward, but there was no support that came up. So uh, watching that game, it's really hard for me to see what DeBoer was trying to do. Maybe he thought that uh, they push those wingbacks up early and grab an early goal and, and, and play with an advantage away from home. But yeah, I mean, this game was just awful. I mean, it's it's not a good look when the champion of your league goes – and they get smacked in a game like that. Even, okay, you can say it's preseason. You can say this is their first actual game. Or, or you can say whatever you want. But it was it was a bad game tactically and just a bad game in literally every sense. So, so is, is it my, is it my uh, time to shine uh, with my uh, – it was an awful game for Atlanta United. And when I mean awful, I mean it in the highest degree. You, It was end-to-end, which concerns me because – Against a team like against a Costa Rican team, and everyone's like, give the Costa Rican team some credit. They played really well. 
And it's like, yeah, we'll give them credit. But you're talking about a team that has the reigning South American Player of the Year, one of the highest payrolls in MLS and probably in CONCACAF as well. You go, you go through it. They should, it shouldn't be end to end. It shouldn't be like this. It should have been, you know, them controlling the possession and you know going after attack and lumping on pressure. But what was it? As Joseph said, it seemed like it was three on five when they were attacking and when they were defending. So like, what was going on? The midfield was non-existent. Bello looked really bad, and it pains me to say that as a guy who believes in George Bello, but he looked awful. Um, LGP was out of sorts, out of whack, going into tackles, although he did turn around after the third goal. But I honestly think Herediano could have gotten four or five, if we're being completely honest with, with ourselves. You have Joseph Martinez miss a sitter of a header that he should score. To make that would have pulled it back to three two. If it was three two, I don't think it would be it would be a little bit more different conversation. But okay, he got it wrong. But Atlanta's in a driver's seat. They just gotta get one goal and they'll move on. But it was just overall their midfield is non-existent. I feel like Harry Dion was just running right past it. I running right past it and getting into the attack. I just I couldn't believe it. And it makes me wonder because we did talk about how Atlanta United was getting exposed in the counter, right? I think that's one of the reasons why I said, hey, maybe maybe we shouldn't buy into our MLS Cup stock as much because teams play counter-attacking football and they get caught. Well, I feel like we saw that, but it was without, you know, Tata Martino's crazy press with their fullbacks and their defensive mids coming back, and we saw it all get exposed. I think if you're DeBoer, Steven, me and Steven were talking about this before, you got to rip that up and throw it away and say, hey, we got to change it up and maybe, maybe switch to a four-back line where it's more you know, there instead of pushing your fullbacks extremely high and leave your defense really exposed. Well, the board needs to find something that works and works quickly because they have to, they have 90 minutes to overturn this. And if they do not move on to the next round, it is utter failure. Complete failure. Everybody thought this is, this is the team. This is it. This is Atlanta's moment. What Toronto FC did last season was maybe not a surprise. But they lost the opportunity to cement themselves in MLS history. I mean, they already have, but this would have put them the first. Everyone remembers their first. If Atlanta fail, then I think CONCACAF Champions League loses its hype. It loses its momentum as a competition. If Atlanta goes far, think about the Benz, although they won't be playing at the Benz on their return leg, they will be playing at some 10,000-seat stadium called 3rd 5th Bank Stadium. So, we'll see. Guys, before we move on quickly, does Atlanta overturn this 3-1 deficit? They yes. will based on the talent they have, yeah. Yeah, I agree. Jake? No. No. No, no they've lost. It's over. They're they're dead. They're dead in the water. It's this is over. The they looked like like Armand said, Herodiano should have had maybe four or five goals on them. And playing that three man back line that they did uh yes or Thursday night, something's gotta change. DeBoer's gotta go back to the laboratory there and make some adjustments. But I, I just I don't know. I three one, they got the the a two-goal deficit, I think Herodiano can probably hold on it. And uh, they're not playing at the Benz. They're playing in a 10,000-seat stadium. I, th- this this is all the making set up for Atlanta to fall flat on their face 
in the opening round of the CONCACAF Champions League. Fellas, moving on. We got the Gold Cup here in the summer months. I know we will be covering it. But what does that mean for MLS managers, front offices, the players? How will it interrupt their campaign and quest to MLS Cup in the playoffs? I mean, it's tough, right? Because we, we kind of saw this happen on a larger scale in terms of the global impact. But uh, at the World Cup, we saw this kind of happen. MLS teams lost some of their players, and it, it made the league play a little bit more difficult. And I, I think we'll probably see the same thing, uh, right? I mean, if the schedules are overlapping, then there is going to be some sort of effect. So, I mean, at the most basic level, I think we will see sort of a, a little bit of a damaged product in the league during that time. But at the same time, as someone who kind of looks at the young players a little bit more, especially the domestic ones, it could really be an opportunity for for some young guys to step in a little bit during that time when rosters are a little bit weaker and and actually get some minutes. Yeah, I agree with Joseph there a little, to a certain extent about the the young domestic players here in the U.S. and Canada getting a a chance to play uh, during the Gold Cup. That that'll be good, you know, for your your uh, development uh, developmental for the for the young players. But uh, I do think. MLS playing during the Gold Cup, it almost kind of delegitimizes the league. You, what, you, you don't uh, agree? Well, I don't know. I just think the Gold Cup's stupid to begin with. Like The Gold Cup is stupid, first and foremost. The Gold Cup is stupid, first and foremost. Uh, by the way, my hot take, the U.S. would win the Gold Cup, I think is what I said. Uh, <laughs> won't, won't, won't. Whoa! Uh, no, wait, wait, wait. The no, hot take, the hot take, hot take on the show is U.S. won't win the Gold Cup, but according to Armand, they will compete for the World Cup in 2022 and in 2026. Yes. No, okay. You guys have have gone off a tangent here. Anyway, a a competition like the Gold Cup going on, which isn't really that great of a competition to begin with, while MLS also happens to be going on at the same time, I just think it's a bad look for the league. I don't... Why can't we take... A month off in the summertime. Wow, I, it almost sounds like we should. I don't know. Flip calendars. Take a, a couple months no, off. No, six no, weeks no, off no, during no, the winter. No, 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 Next thing you know, no, no, you don't no, have no. the gold cup. You could play the gold cup. It might mean more. You don't have clubs no, interacting. No, 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 weird. No, no. Just saying. It's, there's a lot of easy solutions to no, these no, problems. No, 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 no. So, uh, that's it for today's show. Make sure you follow the podcast on Twitter at UncSamSoccerPod. Make sure you follow our very special guest, Joseph Lowry of The Athletic. He's at Joe in Cleats. Follow Armand Kafai at Armand Kafai and Stephen Jodran at Stephen Jodran. You can follow myself, Jake Watroba, at Jake Watroba. For Joseph, for Stephen, for Armand, and for myself, we'll talk to you guys later. Deuces. My local coffee shop is my Penn State World Campus classroom, giving me the full Penn State experience online. My Penn State classroom is getting me to where I want to be. Click on the ad or visit worldcampus.psu.edu to learn more. Regina King for Cadillac Escalade. When people ask, Regina, do you like to compete? I say, bring it on. Those are the moments that drive you to achieve more. And when you win, you keep reaching higher. To me, that's what the Cadillac Escalade represents. It's always evolving in technology, in design, everything. Because success isn't the end, it's just the first step to what comes next. 
the 2021 Cadillac Escalade. Never stop arriving.